Welcome to the next episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. In an earlier episode, we clarified the difference between PR, or public relations, and marketing. If you have not listened to that episode yet, it would be a very good idea to do so, but you can do that after you've listened to this one. But in there, we cover this datum from Mr. Hubbard that, quote, the general rule is publicity first, advertising second, PR plants the seed, advertising harvests the crop, end quote. So as you can see, PR and marketing are completely different subjects with different objectives, but both subjects are vital to organizational viability and expansion. As a fast review, PR is defined as, quote, this is from Mr. Hubbard, in the field of public relations, good works well publicized is one of the definitions which they give in a textbook on the subject. That's supposed to be the perfect definition of PR. Couldn't be further from the truth. Effective cause well demonstrated. You say they need a few little refinements, then you can make forward progress. That's Mr. Hubbard's definition from uh, 1971. Actually, January of 1971. Here's another definition. The art of making good works well-known. That's from 21 November, 1972. Now, here's this third definition. I definitely want to emphasize this. Quote, public relations is causative. To be effective, it must cause something. PR is essentially a communications subject and follows the communication formula. The object of PR is persuasion to think either newly or differently, or to keep on thinking in the same way. This definition from 7 August 1972. Okay, so, well, let's just cover a couple of these points. First of all, uh, in earlier podcast episodes, we've discussed the communications formula, which is, uh, in essence, cause-distance effect with duplication at effect of what was emanated from the cause point. Very simplified definition. Uh, Includes other components like intention and attention and so forth. Anyway, just understand that PR is a communication subject and follows a communication formula. And it is a persuasion to think either newly or differently or keep on thinking the same way. So public relations is a technology of getting people to think a certain way about certain things, whatever it is that you're doing public relations on. You're trying to get people to think the same way about something. You're trying to get people to think newly about something or differently in some way. So it has to do with ideas, people's ideas about you, people's ideas about your company, people's ideas about your employees, anything that has to do with forming ideas about you or what you're representing, goes under the category of public relations. So this has a lot to do with you as an employer, but it also has a lot to do with you as an employee. If you have no regard for what people think about you, some people pridefully go around saying, well, you know, I don't care what people think. Well, um, you can take that approach to life, but I don't know how far that's going to get you. Uh, It looks pretty good in the movies to act like uh, a cat or to use an old word, a boar. 
or is a great word not used that much these days, which is just a rude or unmannerly person. The word boar, B-O-O-R. So sometimes the heroes in the movies are boars, and uh, we can get the idea that this is a winning uh, presence to have. But in actual fact, uh, if you think about it, you probably don't have a very high regard for people who are unmannerly in your environment and who don't seem to care what anybody thinks about them, the way that they dress, the way that they act, the way that they treat other people, so on. So you could say that such individuals have no regard for the subject of public relations. And thus, they sometimes have difficulty getting cooperation. And they sometimes have difficulty getting people to uh, track with them or agree with them. It's not really very survival. Now, public relations, like any other subject, has its foundation. It has its fundamentals. And if these are ignored... Uh, in the subject of public relations, all the more sophisticated application of the know-how or technology of public relations will fail. And the foundation of this subject is the subject, a related subject called manners. Now, this is an important enough subject that Mr. Hubbard wrote an entire uh, policy or article on this on the 30th of May, 1971, entitled Manners. So he goes on to say here, the original procedure developed by man to oil the machinery of human relationships was, quote, good manners. Various other terms that describe this procedure are politeness, decorum, formality, etiquette, form, courtesy, refinement, polish, culture, civility, courtliness, and Respect. Even the most primitive cultures had highly developed rituals of human relationship. Remember, I'm quoting from Mr. Hubbard here. In studying 21 different primitive races, which I did firsthand, I was continually impressed with the formalities which attended their interpersonal and intertribal and interracial relationships. Throughout all races, Bad manners are condemned. Those with bad manners are rejected. Thus, the primary technology of public relations was manners. Therefore, a public relations man or team that has not drilled and mastered the manners accepted as good manners by those being contacted, will fail. Such a PR man or team may know all the senior PR tech and yet fail miserably on the sole basis of exhibiting bad manners. So there you go from Mr. Hubbard. You can learn all the sophisticated public relations technology you want. But if you don't cultivate good manners in self and those who represent you or your company, you will be working against yourself in terms of creating positive ideas and thoughts about you and or your company. Okay? So a campaign amongst 
your team to cultivate good manners is an extremely good investment and a good foundation for any PR program or campaign that you might be instigating or launching. So Mr. Hubbard goes on to describe good manners. He says, good manners sum up to A, granting importance to the other person. So there you go. So good manners start with granting importance to the other person. That other person, the person you're talking to, and you. Let's compare the two here. Who is more important to you? Are you important to you? How important are you to you? Like if you go around and promote exactly how important you are, how much acceptance do you think you're going to get from others? Now, if you go around and acknowledge the importance of others, what do you think will be the viewpoint or perspective on you? I don't know anybody who loves somebody, you know, you come in contact with going on and on about how important they are. I don't know anybody who goes, wow, you know, I really love listening to this person. Tell me how important they are. And now I want you to think back on any meeting with an important person, an able, competent, powerful person, and think about how they treated you. And I would be willing to bet that more than one of them, you were probably a little surprised in your conversation that it seemed to that important person that the most important person in the room was actually you. I know uh, I've had the distinct pleasure of meeting and working with a number of individuals who worked with Mr. Hubbard directly. And the common denominator of every single one of their anecdotes about Mr. Hubbard always seemed to start with the same thing. When you met with him, it always seemed like you were the most important person. You know, you're meeting with a person that you are in awe of, that you have tremendous respect and appreciation for, and yet you seem to be the focus point of importance in the room. Now, that is good manners. And, and now I want you to think about how great it feels to, uh, at the end of a conversation like that, or a meeting like that, with uh, any important, powerful person. I had the privilege of knowing personally a gentleman by the name of Buckminster Fuller. Uh, Mr. Hubbard even mentions Mr. Fuller here and there through his lectures and so forth and his writings. They were contemporaries. And uh, when I met Mr. Fuller, I was probably about eight years old. And uh, I might be in a room with a group of adults who would, of course, be asking him a million questions and he would be answering them all as best as he could. And I remember on occasion asking him questions as an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old. I knew him until I was about 15, 16 years old. And the way he would turn and answer my questions, he did so with the same degree of importance being attributed to the question as if it had been asked by any of the adults in the room. And even though I didn't always understand his answers fully, just the fact that this great man would grant me that much importance made me feel like a million bucks. So 
how do you want to go through life? You know, having people regard you as someone that when they talk to you, they feel fantastic afterwards, or they feel like they've been put down in some way or degraded in some way, or they've been, uh, had your importance imposed on them. So just to review that, good manners sum up to A, granting importance to the other person, and B, here's the B, using the two-way communication cycle. Whatever emotions or rituals are, these two factors are involved. Thus, a PR violating them will find himself and his program rejected. So the fundamentals uh, of manners then are A, granting importance to the other person, and B, using the two-way communication cycle. Allow there to be two-way communication. What do you think about somebody who, you know, they're supposed to be a public relations person, or they're an employee, or they're someone, or a salesman? I would say salesmen, all salesmen talk too much. There's just too much one-way communication. You know, you're, they're outflowing to you and you're inflowing from them. And it's like, it gets a little, it gets a little stale, right? Or maybe you're in a situation where you're doing all the talking. That's not much fun either. It's two-way communication. The more you can master the skill of communication, we've covered this again and again, come back to this again and again, the importance and value of communication and communication skill in establishing an enterprise and operating an enterprise and expanding it. Okay, you cannot work on this subject too much with yourself or with your employees. It's at the foundation of public relations, of manners, and many, many other things, marketing, salesmanship, even being a leader or an executive. Okay, he goes on to say this, arrogance and force may win dominion and control, but will never win acceptance and respect. Sure. You can dominate people and with force and arrogance, and you can see plenty of that around. But how long does it last? How happy is that individual? How happy are the individuals around them? Wouldn't it be better to win acceptance and respect? And that is not done with arrogance and force. That is done with manners. Just as an exercise, go through your company. Obviously, all the public contact points, just observe. Remember, we covered this earlier, the value of observation. Just observe the contact points with the public quietly, perhaps without uh, anybody really noticing that you're observing them, and check on the manners, okay? Uh, make an inventory with yourself. How are your manners? with your employees, uh, with your public, with your friends, with your associates. He goes on to say this, all successful PR then is built upon the bedrock of good manners, as these are the first technology developed to ease human relations. Good manners are much more widely known and respected than PR tech. Therefore, no PR tech will be successful if this element is omitted. Then he gives you a bunch of great examples here. He says, brushing off Mere guards, quote-unquote, as beneath one's notice, while one goes after a contact with their boss, can be fatal. Who talks to their boss? These mere guards. How clever do you think it is to try to contact 
uh, a fellow business owner. And when talking to the receptionist, uh, when talking to the secretaries, being an arrogant, you know what? Right? Not very smart. But people do it. Okay? I guess it makes them feel important. They probably think they need it. Okay. This is Mr. Hubbard again. Making an appointment and not keeping it. Issuing an invitation too late for it to be accepted. Not offering food or a drink. Not standing up when a lady or important man enters. Treating one's subordinates like lackeys in public. That's a common one. You know, let's prove how badass we are by yelling at one of our employees or treating them like crap in front of somebody, right? Uh, raising one's voice harshly in public. Interrupting what someone else is saying to, quote, do something important, end quote. This is pretty common, too. I mean, all these points are, are, are valid and, and not uncommon. But uh, how often does somebody come up and interrupt because they've got something more important than they don't even know what you guys are talking about? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. They just rush up and interrupt under the assumption, their own assumption, that whatever they're doing is more important than whatever you're doing. Okay, that's bad manners. Uh, back to Mr. Robert, he says, not saying thank you or good night. These are all bad manners. People who do these or a thousand other discourtesies are mentally rejected by those with whom they come into contact. So you can make up your own list, but there's a great list from Mr. Hubbard to get you started. What are the points that would be considered bad manners? Not thanking people for service rendered, um, not returning phone calls or messages, uh, not appreciating uh, an employee's hard work through an acknowledgement or commendation. After this podcast episode, just write down a list of maybe 10 things that you can think of that you have done or have observed within the company that would constitute bad manners. These are things that influence the way your company and you are being perceived and thought of. And if you don't run a fundamental campaign of good manners throughout your organization and with yourself, you're going to defeat any more sophisticated application. You can hire the best PR people in the world at vast expense. You probably should. I mean, uh, you know, I think that the whole subject of public relations is not treated with enough uh, importance or respect from most of the wise members I know. They're not using enough. They're not studying it enough. But it starts with manners. So he goes on, Mr. Harvard goes on to say, as PR is basically acceptance, then bad manners defeat it utterly. A successful PR person has to have good manners. This is not hard. One has to assess his attitude toward others and iron it out. Are they individually important? One has to have his two-way calm cycle perfect. So perfect, it is so natural that it is never noticed. So there you go. You just, what's your attitude towards other people? Really, take a look at it, assess it in yourself and iron it out, figure it out. Like, hey, you know, are these people individually important? And then we have many courses on communication, the most important one being um, 
improving business through communication, very important, valid course you can take through WISE or the Harvard College. And uh, of course, I've done at least four times. So ironing out your calm cycle, ironing out your attitude towards others, going to go a long ways. Even if you don't know all the rituals, others will start to regard you uh, with a great deal of acceptance and a great deal of respect because you have manners. Back to Mr. Albert, he says, given those two things, a PR can now learn the bits of ritual that go to make up the procedure that is considered, quote, good manners, end quote, in the group with which he is associating. So, starts with granting of importance, two-way communication cycle, you master those two things, you're going to get away with a lot of stuff. But every group has its own ritual. And before you go to China, study the, you know, in specific parts of China, make sure you study the ritual. Before you go to India, before you go to France, before you go to England, it doesn't really matter where you're going. You're going to go into a different culture, a different ethnic. It would pay you to study what are considered good manners and not good manners in that area. But if you're thrown in a circumstance where you're not prepared, just remember your fundamentals, granting of importance and two-way communication. And if you can cultivate that culture within your group, within your company, you are going to see a change in viewpoint and the way people think about your company or business in a very, very positive direction, and you will achieve greater prosperity thereby. Okay? So very worthwhile, very simple to implement, observe, correct, create maybe checklists, what are considered good manners in your company, what aren't, but certainly uh, pretty easy to implement and very rewarding. All right, that wraps up today's episode of Business Wise. Hope you got something out of it, of course. Please keep sending us your feedback at info at wiseeastus.org. We've been getting some great responses, and I love reading them, and so does uh, everyone in the office here. So uh, we share them with everybody. So please uh, keep sending in your feedback because it keeps us going. And um, we'll talk to you next week.